Hey there, and welcome to the devotional. I'm Walter, the dyslexic bilingual hillbilly and pastor of the Rhine River Baptist Church. Today is Friday, October the 6th, 2023, and today is our 222nd devotional. And today we're looking at Samson's incredible weakness. This is part two. Um, and in the story of Samson, um, you see that he's doing well up through uh, and into chapter 16 of Judges. But in chapter 16, he comes across something that um, have something that just tripped up more than one man. So uh, we'll look at this in, in Judges chapter 16, verse 20. It says this, And she, that's Delilah, and she said, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awoke out of his sleep and said, I will go out as at other times before and shake myself. And he wist not that the Lord was departed from him. Uh, that's one of the saddest um, verses in all of scripture that he didn't realize that the Lord had departed from him. And so how did he get in this situation? What had happened here? Well, Samson had already broken protocol uh, with his choice of women, uh, if you'll remember, he didn't let his father choose his wife. He went out and found somebody for himself and told his dad to go get her for him. Uh, very disrespectful in this time. Um, then he he had gone to the Philistines. He didn't choose a wife out of his own tribe. Uh, then after that didn't work out, he went to a harlot. Then now that that didn't work out, uh, he has gone to Delilah. Now, we don't know a whole lot about her. Uh, she accepted a bribe to figure out what was his source of strength. Um, had they been friends? Uh, were they looking at marriage? Nobody knows. We, we really don't know anything about this. Um, was she a harlot? Um, you know, maybe not in the uh, traditional sense of the word, but absolutely because she took a bribe uh, to figure out what was going on with his strength. So um, we don't know her backstory here, but um, she is trying to figure out from Samson what is his source of strength. Uh, very superstitious people. They thought that uh, God could be controlled by uh, just certain different things. Um, she starts asking him, where's his strength? And the first time he says, uh, if you bind me with seven green wisps, um, what are those? Well, uh, I've always pictured it as like a um, a reed or something like that, but only smaller. And, and uh, you know, it's not going to bind him, but he tells her something that's kind of absurd. Uh, the next thing she, she gripes at him that you don't really love me. You didn't tell me the truth uh, after he told her this the Philistines are upon you, he goes out and beats them up. Uh, the next time uh, he says, bind me with uh, new ropes. And she does this to him. And then she says, the Philistines are upon you. And he goes out and beats them up uh, because the new ropes were not what was, uh, what could pull his strength away. So um, she cries on his shoulder again. And he says, well, if you take the seven locks of my hair and, and make a, a web out of them, then I'll be weak. Um, if you notice, he's getting closer and closer to 
uh, what it is that is his what he believes is his weakness where his strength is so uh he's gotten to his hair now he's talking about his hair she binds them up and he goes out as before and beats up the philistines uh and she the bible says she wept on him and vexed his soul daily i mean just a daily thing where she is after him trying to figure out what's going on and he finally tells her that his head has never been shaven and she causes him to go to sleep again and shaves his head the philistines are upon you and he is in big trouble now uh he goes out as at other times and what we read uh he did not realize that the the lord had departed from him uh, he wasn't in tune enough with the holy spirit that he realized that the Lord was departed. What was the first thing that the Philistines did to him? Well, they put out his eyes. Uh, probably the best thing that they could have done for him was put out his eyes. Now he can't look at women anymore. He's not going to be tempted anymore. If you remember, Jesus said, if thy eye offend thee, pluck it out. It's better to uh, go into the kingdom of God, uh, halt or blind or lame than whole winding up in hell. So here his eyes are put out. Then they make him uh, grind in the prison house uh, like an ox or like a, a donkey. He's pushing the grinding wheel around and around, you know, just a senseless day after day after day. And, and the Bible says that God had compassion on him and his hair started to grow. Uh, was his strength in his hair? No, it wasn't. But it was just a reminder uh, to him that God wasn't finished with him yet. Uh, he was still breathing and God was not finished with him yet. Uh, and then they call him up to the feast. They call him up to make sport for them in front of everyone. And if you'll remember the story, they he has a, a lad having put uh, his hands on, on the two pillars. Uh, if you've ever been to the Middle East or been to like Greece or Italy and seen how the pillars are set up on some of these ancient buildings. I mean, they were close together oftentimes and uh, close enough that a person could get their hands on it. And because they weren't built stably, uh, just a shove here or a shove there sets the whole thing off. And the Bible tells us that in his death, he killed more than he did in his life. Over 3,000 people in his death were killed, and he brought a great victory. But the saddest thing of it is, is that they saw him and they praised their God, Dagon. That's one of the saddest things about this, that uh, first off, he doesn't even realize that he's uh, without the Holy Spirit, without God's presence. And then his enemies praise their God because of his stupidity. Um, so what can we learn from this? What can we glean from, from Samson's life? Well, first off, I see we should not get comfortable with sin. Sin, uh, I remember our uh, pastor when I was a kid, uh, he, he would tell us this all the time. Sin will uh, take you further than you want to go. It'll cost you more than you want to pay. and It'll keep you longer than you want to stay. Uh, sin just has a way about it that way. Uh, it is something that will trip us up every time if we get comfortable with it. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 6 tells us this. Glory not, 
your glorying is not good. Know ye not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump? They were glorying that um, they were taking in a uh, a known adulterer, uh, someone that was doing something pretty heinous, um, sleeping with his father's wife. And they were glorying that they were able to bring somebody like that into the church. And Paul is just, the Gentiles don't even do something that heinous. Uh, but it, it reminds me that in our day and age, many Christians have just gotten so comfortable with sin. And then the first thing that they will tell you when you say, that's not proper, that's not right. They'll say, well, don't judge me. They don't even realize that they are judging you when they say don't judge. They're just taking the verse and and trying to get people to stop telling them that they're wrong. Uh, if you love somebody, you tell them this is going to hurt you. Uh, somebody should have stepped up to Samson and said, Delilah is trying to kill you. <laughs> Why do you keep going back to her? What a wicked wretch she is. Uh, but he didn't have any wise counsel there because he didn't want anybody to judge him. He had gotten away from the people of God. Don't glory in these wicked things. A little bit of leaven, it will leaven the whole lump. The next thing that I see about this, uh, when we do get blinded by sin, it will bring great shame on the name of the Lord. Um, in Second Samuel chapter 12, verse 13 and 14, this is right after David has had his uh, great sin with Bathsheba. Um, Nathan has come to him. They have started talking, and, and we have this response, this uh, dialogue go on here. It says this, And David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, The Lord also hath put away thy sin. Thou shalt not die. Howbeit, because by this deed thou hast given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme, the child also that is born unto thee shall surely die. Uh, it reminds me that um, we can choose our sin, but we don't get to choose the consequences, or we don't get to choose the punishment. God doles out the punishment there. Uh, even when David acknowledged the sin, he still had to pay a great price for it. And I'm sure as he was crying about Absalom, I'm sure as he was uh, distraught about Amnon and Tamar and the whole situation, he was thinking to himself, I wish I wouldn't have looked the second time. The, the last thing that I want us to, to get from this is God is able uh, to gain great victory, uh, even in defeat. Uh, look at Christ on the cross. Everybody would have said that that was a defeat. And yet our greatest victory comes from that. Um, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, it says this, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory and my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Um, I, I hope we can take that and, and remember this, because the most important thing that we can do in our lives is to glorify God. That's what we were created for. And even in our defeats, if we're giving glory to God, um, that's not a defeat. And Satan hates that. So I hope you'll remember that. I hope you'll think about that through the weekend and make sure that you're uh, 
not being like Samson and getting away from the people of God. But this weekend, uh, make sure you're with a good congregation and you're praising God uh, to the best of your ability. Thank you so much for joining with us. And until the next time, auf Wiedersehen.